Yeah. No, Latoya, man. She's very underrated as a Jackson. <laughs> right? I mean, people, people, more people know who Randy Jackson is than Latoya Jackson. I don't think those are the same. Not related. Not related. <laughs> Not related. <laughs> of you joining us for the very first time, this is Icon or Wycon, the show where we break down your favorite film universes one flick at a time. I am here, as always, with the golf club cover to my bat, my dear compatriot, Mr. CJ LaRoche. CJ, how are you feeling? <laughs> oh, I feel so good, Andrew. I feel so good. This, I feel like now... Hats for bats. This is when I am really going to shine. This is when I take over Icon or Wycon. This is when I know things more than you. I'm very excited. I, I very am, excited. I am too. I'm excited too. Uh, will you tell the people what we're talking about today? We're talking about possibly one of the greatest baseball sports fucking movies of all time, man. The 1989 classic <laughs> starring Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, and Wesley Snipes, Major League. Major oh, even League. Saying it, just saying it just gives just takes me to my happiest of places. So, yeah, Major League. So what's great about this moment for me is that you are such a sports guy. You are the sports guy in this friendship. I don't know anything about sports. And I have just like had my way for the past eight, nine weeks with like the whole DCEU and just really living in it. And now yep. I get to enjoy. So I, yep. I don't know nearly enough about this, right? But I have seen these right. movies. So these are all rewatches for me. But I am so excited to dive in with an expert. Because I, I will learn things. And I got to say, after watching this movie, I was like, do I need to get into baseball? Like, this movie got me. This, the, the movie gets you, man. And there's there's something about it. I, I really do feel like if we were to talk about some of the – like one of the top five sports movies of all time, this movie has everything. Not only is it a great story, not only is it really hilarious. It's very not funny. Not only does it sort of hold up. Through the 2021 lens, it's it, it's got some problems that I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll yeah, talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for the most part, like the jokes are funny without being like overtly offensive. There are there is some overtly offensive shit in here. There's some um, wild shit. It's also wildly accurate as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. And you know, you see a lot of movies. There's a lot of movies out there where if you're a real like die, died in the wool sports fan. You're like, oh well, that's dumb. Oh, oh well, that's not what that's like. This actually feels so um, legitimate and accurate that it, it touches all of the bases for me. <laughs> I see what you did there. Right? As a strictly as a film, as a film lover, as a baseball lover, it is a wonderful, wonderful marriage of the two. Uh, and I'm really excited to, to to step up to the plate and dive into it. Oh my God, are we? Are you just gonna inundate me Shazam! with Shazam? <laughs> you're just gonna inundate me with baseball puns for the next three weeks, aren't you? Well, if they come up naturally, Andrew, I certainly have nothing planned. Okay. So you know, and oh, and you said the next three weeks. 
this film is a universe. Yeah, totally counts. We've got Major League, Major League Two, uh, Back to the Minors, which Charlie Sheen and David Ward, who is the writer and director of Major League, they do not acknowledge that as being canon. And they're hoping that someday Major League Three will be made. Yeah, so, yeah. It's but, but for our purposes, we're gonna we're gonna acknowledge it and accept it as canon, unlike the Last Jedi. Ah, oh, effortlessly put in there. Really, really, you're you're on fire today. I can feel this. Let's just jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this whole MacGuffin is that this former showgirl Rachel Phelps she inherits this team, and she's gonna start this whole plan to make sure that they are the worst of the worst, that they score the lowest. So, Not they, that they score the lowest, Andrew, that they have they have attendance underneath uh, 800,000, which will allow them to break their lease with the great city of Cleveland uh, and move the team to Miami. That's the whole gimmick. And so she tries to staff this season. She with, tries to staff the season, yep. With people that cannot possibly nail it has been's never will be's this guy here is dead yeah. well cross him off then <laughs> she's horrible she's horrible margaret witten this is one of the most underrated villains i mean dc and marvel should have really taken a look at this woman because what she does in this fo- is this film you said it man she is a terrible terrible fucking human oh she's terrible it's so pl- it's played so beautifully though with her ridiculous outfits Oh, yeah. Like, I don't oh, understand. Yeah. She's always watching a ball game as though she's at, like, a, the Kentucky Derby. It's like, amazing, man. They put up that lattice work, right, and the, the palm trees, and she's sitting up there with the GM. Yeah. Uh, hilarious. It's, you never see that in a major league ballpark. Although, in the Astrodome, the owner actually had an apartment built into it. Oh, wow. Uh, when of uh, The owner of the Houston Astros, yeah, back in the day. So anyway. what, what I love about this movie is that it doesn't skimp on the baseball. Like, we are on the field 80% of the time. I'm saying, and did you know, Andrew, David Ward, like I said, the director and writer, he loves the Cleveland Indians. Okay. okay? Uh, currently, the Cle- I don't know, they're still called the Indians as of the recording of this podcast, uh, but they are planning on getting rid of the name. Yeah. Uh, they have they have more, more recently gotten rid of the logo on the hat uh, known as Chief Wahoo. So they've gotten rid of that, which is good. Uh, but he's such a fan of this baseball team that he thought to himself, they're so bad. The, the only way I'm ever going to see them win is if I write a movie about it. And so he did. that's what he did. I love that that was his, uh, his inspiration for doing it. It's so charming. And I love that they're all like different types of people. I mean, the, the guy that makes the winning run at the end of the movie wasn't even invited to spring training. Like, where did he come from? They, they make no effort to tell us where Willie Mays Hayes came from. Who is this fucking guy? Yeah. No, it's great. And he scores the winning run, Andrew. Oh, what did I say? It's make okay. the winning run. Yeah. And it's not make in baseball? No, it's score. It's score. Okay. Yeah, and it's not a point. It's a run. But I'm going to give you a point for getting run. Thank you. You know, my brother yeah. played baseball, so I know a couple of things. Like oh, nice. Like four or five things. Very good. Well, Who was what? his favorite player? Daryl Strawberry. Former Met, Daryl Strawberry, number 18. Yeah. Absolutely. Did a lot of coke. <laughs> he sure did. Yeah, uh, sure ba- baseball and uh, soccer. It's a very Latin boy sports. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Absolutely. So, like, of course. Yeah. Dominate. Yeah. Dominate. 
So the spring training sequence, I live for it. I think it's incredible watching them be so bad. I don't know why it's so funny, but they are all so ridiculous. But it's great because Lou kind of sees things in them. I was so moved by this movie. I was like, Lou is actually a good coach. I'm telling you, Lou is a great manager. Manager. He's a manager in baseball. Okay. He's a coach pretty much everywhere else. I uh, know Lou Brown. He's been managing the Toledo Mudhens, which is a minor league, <laughs> a real minor league baseball team in real life, uh, for 30 years. He finally gets his shot, uh, and he's he's going to take advantage of it. Uh, one of my favorite Lou Brownisms in the beginning is uh, when he pees on Doran's contract. Yeah, it's like that's what I think about your contract, your prima donna. Get out of my face. So Corbin Burnson, it's so funny. Corbin Burnson in this movie. He does such a fantastic job, but at the same time, he's kind of like when Coldplay was the Super Bowl act, and everybody's looking, at, <laughs> everybody's looking at Beyonce and Bruno Mars and like Chris Martin's in the middle, like hey, like Corbin Burnson's hey, like here. really reminding you he's the third lead of this movie, but we don't really talk about his character. His character sort of fades away. Tom Berenger, Wesley Snipes, and Charlie Sheen really steal the show. Honorable mention to Dennis Haysbert in a super inappropriate role. Dennis Haysbert is fantastic. <laughs> he's hysterical. Uh, he's hysterical. And I tell you what, it wasn't until I heard him speak in, a, in an American accent later in life that I didn't think he was Cuban. Oh, really? I, did, I always thought that he was Pedro Serrano. He, he is audibly not Cuban. Yeah, <laughs> that no, Spanish terrible. is terrible. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Um, but he, he looks the part of a slugging outfielder, uh, and he does he does a terrific job. I mean, Jesus, you Joe Boo, I do it myself. It's just another – there's so many lines in this movie that I've been saying since I saw this movie back in 89. Yeah. Uh, that are just – that just stick with you. No, it's, stick with you. It, is, it is super entertaining. Uh, I really love it. One thing that I did not really understand – was how we don't know who Rene Russo's character is. Like, who is Lynn? Lynn, Lynn is an archetype that they put a great actress in and, yeah. kind, of, and kind of hope for the best. And I got to give it to Rene Russo because at the end of the movie, I was really rooting for Taylor and Lynn to get back together. And then as soon as the credits were rolling, I was like, who the hell Lynn is? Who is Lynn? You know, she's the lady with Reed on her license plate. Yeah, she's a, she's a librarian who was once, I guess maybe a groupie or you know she was Jake's first love. She's, a, she's she an was. Olympic level athlete. She was an Olympic Olympics you know champ. She wanted to be an Olympic champion. She yeah she was an elite elite swimmer. Um, I, she's very forgiving. He's got a laundry list, man, uh, of stuff that. Oh, and and know, he doesn't apologize. Would think that. Yeah, he doesn't really apologize, does he? He's no, sort of he's, like, well, that was that was the past, Lynn. So, oh, give me a eighteenth chance here. Oh, and he's super um, aggressive with her, like super aggressive. Yeah, it's we really got some casual stalking. It's he's really inappropriate. Only, some casual stalking, and also, how easy it, is it for Jake to get into these people's apartments? He really does just like get in I there. Mean, yeah. He comes in. Like, like I actually lived once in an apartment in New York where the elevator opened to the apartment. It was the sweetest. Apartment I've ever lived in. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but you had to have a key. Yeah. 
that you had yeah, to he, turn inside the elevator. He just walked right up. He waltzes into her house twice. I mean, once oh, yeah. she's already moved out, they didn't. I mean, they didn't lock the door. I guess. I I, I don't know. I wish I wish that they had written in, but it is. And th- this is one of those moments, and I hate being this guy, like this well actually type guy. But you have to take into consideration uh, just timing and context is everything. In 1989, we're not looking for the female role that has a, a sense of agency and like intention. Do you know what I mean? Like that's because like working girl was our model for that. Like the fact that the yeah. secretary stood up to the mean lady boss, you know, right? like, right. so we didn't, we weren't really writing those women back then. So, but I'm watching it. I'm looking at Rene Russo, Rene Russo, who at this point is remembered for playing very, very tough women to see her in this role and be like, one, I don't know who she is Two, how horrifying that he visits her in the library and she's wearing Big glasses, ponytail, big sweater, and a floor-length skirt. I was like, what is this school mom outfit they put her in? Because like, yeah. I like books. Like, it's horrible. It's yeah, atrocious. We're coming off a of, of WW84, right, where we just saw this same thing. So it's very familiar to us. Yeah. You know, the, the nerdy girl. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but yet then we see her in the apartment, and she's, like, sophisticated. Like, she's dating an attorney. Oh, yeah. You know, like, she's, she's high levels, or she's trying to be. Um, how about that thirsty party guest though? Wait, oh she was like all over him. I gotta be real though. Like Tom Berger is very sexual in this movie. Dude, we're looking at, we're looking at like four or five guys here who are at the height of their prowess. Yeah. They all, they look I mean, great. They all look great. They're all, and they're all fantastic in the movie. I mean, the acting in this film is, is top notch, 100%, you know, believable. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that thirsty party guest, she was really something else. Yeah, she's like, what sport do you play? Yeah, she's like, mm. football players make a lot of money. And that poor, like, mullet man there, he's just like, I, what am I going to do? It's Jake fucking Taylor. Yeah, that thirsty party guest is really something else. And, like, mullet man just kind of looks at her like like she does this all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's used to it. Yeah, he's she's, it, she's gross. She's gross. But, like, whatever, <laughs> she does not So here's the other thing. Phelps and her retaliation. We need to talk about that. So Phelps right. starts denying them basic things that they need to be able to perform effectively. Yeah. She thinks it's going to make them play worse. Yeah. And and so she wants them to play worse. And so in the face of that, Lou's like, I need something to like galvanize the team. And he galvanizes the team with their mutual hatred of her trying to push for their failure. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, and so he incentivizes this this attitude by every time you win, I'll remove a piece of this woman's clothing from Welcome this cardboard cutout. Folks. Yeah. Welcome I was just like, when I saw that, cause I remember that part too. And I remember that part of the movie and I was like, here we go. Here's yeah. where this movie could only exist in 1989. Sure. Cause I was or like, like up until like 96, you think he, you think as late as 96? Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. Showgirls. Be- Showgirls is 99. There you go. Wow. And we you just, know, we just, oh, we just got a couple more years. <laughs> yeah. I'm, also American pie is 99 and that movie is rough from that yeah. standpoint. All right. Yeah. So, so it actually, this is going to go on for another decade and in some ways it is still going on and that makes me sad because I can't unsee are. it. Right. But yeah, right. I, mean, I thought the that objectification, was the objectification of Rachel Phelps, you know, I mean, it would, it would, would it be worse if it was a man? Would it be worse? I don't know. I don't know. Or, or as bad, I should say. 
Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the thing, right? Like, it's, it's sexy. It's objectification. Mm-hmm. Secretly, people love it. In public, people express their disdain for it. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's very, very, very complicated. And the other thing that's complicated, complicated. is is we spend a lot of time sexualizing these men in this movie. Oh, my God. Absolutely. When she's in the locker room and he and Lou isn't wearing a towel. Yeah. And she's looking him up and down. She slaps Serrano's butt. Oh, yeah. Pretty good looking butt. Not going to lie. Listen, Dennis Haysburg is a beautiful, beautiful man. Taps on uh, Ricky Vaughn's cup. Yeah. Ta- that's yeah. sexual harassment. That is, no. that's, that's actually assault. It's yeah no she's super inappropriate. I think they did all those things to like make her a horrible person. Um, you you I assume you know that they did film an alternate ending, right? They filmed an alternate ending. It tested very poorly because <laughs> yeah. The alternate ending is is that she was she was Agatha all along. Like it, she was playing this as you know she was doing this on purpose to get them to play better to to you know increase attendance rather than decrease it. Um, wow, that's dumb. Yeah, it's like shooting Dante. Yeah, (laughs) it's like shooting Dante. It really is like shooting Dante. You know what it is? It's um, what do they call that? I just read about this. Uh, The Xanatos tag, or or the Xanatos. It's it's a word with a G. Help me out. Okay. (laughs) Xanatos gambit. Okay, great. The the Xanatos gambit. So I know nothing of what you speak. So please, please uh, educate me and everyone else. Did you ever watch the um? cartoon gargoyles i don't believe so but i know of it because you're you're a little bit older than me i remember there it is there it is i've been waiting it's it's this whole time it's very real so the thing about um gargoyles was a very interesting series and it was one of those series where uh they wrote 13 episodes they were really popular and disney asked for like an impossible amount more they said, great, we, gotcha. need to, we need you to make 52 episodes now. And he's like, it took us the amount of time that you're giving me to make 13 episodes, this whole story. So what the happened was – So we need it. What happened was he um, increased the writing staff and the show running staff. So like the stories got super sprawling. So the Gargoyles universe in two seasons ended up becoming really huge and interconnected. The main villain was Xanatos and like he was always the bad guy. And then sometimes you thought he might be the good guy, but then at the end of each episode, the tag would show that like he would put these things in motion where he would benefit from the outcome. And so that trope, even though the series only lasted for two seasons, that became a TV trope, the Xanatos Gambit. And the writers of Gargoyles called it the Xanatos tag because it was a thing that they did. But like that's the thing. So whenever you see the villain do that in a TV series post-Gargoyles, the writers are calling that the Xanatos gambit in the room. So that's what they tried to do in this. Like they tried to Agatha all along her, but I, I guess yeah. it just didn't work. No, it wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't work mm. because there's, so, there's so many logical issues that you would have with it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, she put them on a plane that was, that had a legitimate chance of crashing. Yeah. She was really hoping for this to happen. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't she care about it. Than I. No, yeah. no, I, I can understand why you would want to do that. Like, have it like I, I really wanted you guys to win. It was just some master plan, but never tell anybody. But like, yeah. that's lame. Because you're looking for you're looking for a twist. But I mean, you know, you don't need it in this yeah. in this movie. You don't need. It. I mean, you've you've essentially got like the beginning, 
where we introduce the characters and then we do a training montage where they're bad and then we have Jake and Lynn. Yeah. And then we have we we start playing bad and then we have the take away the the something from them so they'll continue to play bad and then they, and then we have a, a playing bad montage and then we have Jake and Lynn. And then things start to improve and we have a playing well montage and she's upset about it and then we have Jake and Lynn. I mean there's a very specific formula. Even the music Right, like the the training montage music as they start to get better, you'll notice the orchestra fills in. Well, like and by by orchestra you mean extra keyboards. Well, sure, yeah, I'm saying orchestra for the lay people out there. Yeah, right, like it, but it gets the sound gets bigger, it gets fuller, yeah. As we move through the, I mean, that's that's another thing I love about this movie is like there's three musical themes. Yeah, you know, uh, but they're all great and they all play and they all make sense where they are. I do want to just go back to the beginning of the film, Randy Newman. Oh, what a stunning turn by Randy Newman. Opens this movie and the lyrics match what you see on the screen. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It's amazing. Just no, amazing. the, the movie is really, really well put together. I love that you brought up the architecture of the movie because I did notice that too, that there is a very specific thing that the writer-director does. David S. Ward, right? David Ward, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's got an S, sure. David Sward. But, um, yeah, no, there's a very specific formula to it, but it all really tracks, you know, and you can follow, you can follow the story. There's a couple of leaps of logic that you have to take, but it's very well balanced and very tight. I did say to Bart during it, I was just like, wow, the art of film scoring has changed greatly (laughs) since this movie because, because that, that one, the love theme, they hammer that love theme home a lot. And oh, they, yeah. they almost use that love theme in place of developing Lynn as a character. Like we oh, uh, sure. we understand how they feel about each other because of that love theme. We know nothing yeah. about that. We know nothing positive about their relationship or interaction. No, like, God, no. And we have we have the love theme earlier in the movie, right? Uh, right before Vaughn is, you know, about to get quote unquote cut. Yeah. You know, when Doran is messing with you here. Doom, 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 doom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, they. <laughs> like, they wait a second. That's gonna be the love song later. What's happening? They milk that theme for all it's worth, and also it is all keyboards. Like, it's yeah. all keyboards. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot of keyboards, um, but it's 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 1989, man. I mean, that's what we're used to. That's that's the kind. That's the world we're living in. I guess so. I guess so. Now, what this movie does that it knows it needs to do, and that it takes very seriously. And I have a feeling that all of these movies that we're going to watch are going to do this. The the final game sequence. The big final game sequence where they almost yeah. don't make it. Where they almost don't do it. But right? of course and they, they and actually, do. Actually, Andrew, I, I do want to let everybody know they bat out of order. Do they really? The final game. Oh, yes. How do you oh, know yes. that? Because if you're watching the game and you see that Taylor's up in the, in the bottom of the seventh inning and he makes the last out in the inning – and then you listen to the the way that the the game then progresses. Yeah. They've only got they've only got five outs left before Hayes comes up and starts that rally. Well, I think that Jake Taylor is probably batting second because Willie Mays Hayes is your is your leadoff person. Taylor's batting second, right? Dorn and Serrano are third and fourth. Then we have five, six, seven. They make the, those outs in the in the. Uh... Oh wait, that does work. Taylor Wait, are makes you... a second. Taylor makes a third out. Then Dorn and Serrano three four. Then five six seven, bat, and then, oh yeah, and then eight and nine. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> because Dorn and Serrano happens earlier. 
Dorn and Serrano happens earlier. The game is tied when Jake makes that out, I believe. And anyway, I think they do. I think they bat out of order. I think that there's some dramatic, you know, liberties taken with the batting order later in the movie. See, and a layperson like me would not even know because I've been to baseball games and I'll tell you right now that you could literally put anybody on that plate and I'll just be watching. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 and it's fine too, right? Because it has to happen. Like Jake yeah. has to be the one that comes up and calls a shot because he, he did it earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love I love that whole twist of him him like getting them all like hyped up about like having to go long for it and then he fucking butts. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's what great. a great and, and trick. The, the callback the callback to, to Babe Ruth in the nineteen thirty two World Series. I mean, there are people that don't know anything about sports that know that Babe Ruth called his shot in the nineteen thirty two World Series. You know? Like they I, understand that. I actually didn't know that until it was explained to me in this movie. Really? Yeah. 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 And it's, it, it could be urban legend, man. We don't know. It may not be real. Okay. But it's like, but it's, it it's may like, not be true, but it's like p- well-known baseball lore. Well-known baseball lore. Yeah. That in, in the, I think game three of the 1932 world series, Babe Ruth came up in Chicago's Wrigley Park, Wrigley field and pointed to the center field bleachers and, and called a shot as he says. And he made it. Oh, yeah, he absolutely drilled the ball, hit a home run. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. I love I love that it came down to Taylor and Willie Mays Hayes. Right. Because yeah, it, it has to. It has to come down to those two. And it's it's it goes in line with the whole theme of Lou telling them to play in a way that amplifies their strengths. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We've got some guys. We've got some real talent on this team. Yeah, he know, saw some, it. He could see it. He's potential. There's yeah. a lot of potential. Like, and and that's one thing I loved Lou in this movie so much. Like, right, the whole thing where he figures out that Vaughn can't read or not read, Vaughn can't see. Right. That whole thing, because you don't. <laughs> it's just they don't lead you there at all. You just no. you just think no, he has just, no control. Happens. He's no control, yeah, and then you see happens. Charlie Sheen squinting. It's just like. Uh, over where? And then Lou has it. He's like, can you read this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he talks about um, Nolan Ryan. He says, take it. To, take Ryan up there. Mm-hmm. The guy in that photo is not Nolan Ryan. It's a left-handed person. Nolan Ryan through right-handed Nolan Ryan, who is the all-time uh, major league leader in strikeouts. <sighs> by the way, I know that name. Nolan Ryan. Yeah. I recognize that name. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fireballer. And also, not dissimilar to Rick Vaughn, when he first came up into the majors, had a control problem. Oh, really? He could throw 100 miles an hour, but no one ever was really sure where it was going. So there's a nice, there's a nice Rick Vaughn parallel there. So, but, so talk to me, like, as far as, like, realistic things go, this movie does yeah. a pretty good job. It does a pretty good job. There are, there are a couple of things um, that are a little wonky. First of all, I, you know... Uh, a lot of people know this. Uh, the, the movie was filmed in Milwaukee's County Stadium. Mm-hmm. The exterior shot are, are of uh, Cleveland Municipal Stadium. Okay. Why? Because when they were filming, the Cleveland Browns were playing preseason football games, so the, the, the baseball field was both. So they couldn't make a baseball movie in a stadium that had a football field as well. 
So this was filmed in Milwaukee. Uh, there's when they go to Yankee Stadium. Um, there's no way that the upper deck at Yankee Stadium would be empty mm-hmm. during whatever game in the middle of the summer. That I think, yeah, that game would have been in June, July. No way. So that was obviously just stock footage. Um, every time that they played an away game, they were still at County Stadium. They just changed the color of the backdrop. So they changed the color of their uniforms and they changed the color of the backdrop. So all of the all of the baseball was shot at County Stadium. Um, in the top of the ninth inning in the one game playoff against the Yankees, there's a runner on first base. Okay, he's running on the pitch. There's a ball hit into the gap. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, that runner scores. So they shouldn't have either. They should have either not sent him, made him a catcher. Mm-hmm. Made him a little heavy, said something about him not scoring because, you know, any baseball fan watching that movie is going to be like, um, why didn't he score? That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then as far as the plot goes, when, you know, Lou Brown finally tells them, like, you know, if you guys don't screw this up, she'll find someone else who will. There's no way that any major league owner could release all of her their players. Right, that's going to cause some ripples, right? That's going to cause a stir. Absolutely, absolutely, the press would be all over that and be like, what the hell's going on here? Even in the 90s, you know, late 80s, early 90s. Um, And then I think the most um, egregious error in the whole movie is when Rick Vaughn throws his final strike, Jake Taylor is nowhere nowhere near a catching position. (laughs) Like he he is standing up. And it's for the shot. It's for the shot. I get it. But that was one where I, I always see that and I'm like, oh, for heaven's sake. It's What's this, happening? This fascinates me because this is shit. I get – you know what it is? If I was watching – when I watch a movie about like music or music performance and like I see things like that, like that's – it's – this is what it's reminding me of hearing you talk about it because hearing you talk about this movie is like hearing me talk about August Rush. <laughs> it's like, nope, doesn't work like that. Nope, yeah. not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so I, I've, I've just realized that for Serrano, Serrano would be batting fourth. Yeah. And he hits that home run in the, in the eighth inning. Someone else has to make it out after that. Right? Like, yeah. they don't just go into the dugout. So if Serrano is the fourth hitter, then the fifth hitter makes the out. Okay. Right? So then in the, in the, in the eighth inning, you have um, six, seven, eight. If they all make outs, the nine hitter would make the first out in the in the bottom of the ninth inning, with Willie Mays Hayes coming up with one out. So it is. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, because you go Hayes, Taylor, Dorn, Serrano, the fifth hitter, six, seven, eight make three outs in the eighth. Yeah, when when Hayes comes up in the ninth, there's one out. There should be one out, not two. So. That's, that is now the most egregious error, and I figured it out while watching it. How many years after it finally came out? I finally realized it. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's not. It's not embarrassing. I'm here for it because, like, I'm I'm learning. Like, this is fantastic for me. I don't even know. This is going to be a whole journey, CJ. I I have a feeling that by the end of this trilogy, I will want to watch baseball with you. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, my wedding day, <laughs> uh, 
the the Mets signing Francisco Lindor to a ten year extension, and this moment. I mean, Tom Green. <laughs> Because if you and I, I'm telling you, if you and I, in like the middle of May, when we're both vaccinated and we're we're feeling good and we're sitting at City Field watching my favorite baseball team play, and it's just you and me, it's just you and me, you know, we don't need them, we don't want yeah, them to come along. No, no it's fine. They, they don't even they don't even listen. To they don't the even show, know. Okay? No, they don't. They don't even know what we're planning. Yeah. Uh, that would that would make my that would make my life, man. That would be awesome. I, I, th- be awesome. I, th- I think you are just hearing you break down like the details of it and how you can assimilate the proper batting order and just be like from watching the movie like, yeah, but I can assume that the batting order must be this and they violate it to make the third act game work. Like that I'm, – I'm so moved and inspired by that. Like I'm like, fuck, well, that sounds so cool. That, that's the greatest thing about baseball too, man, is there's so much time in between pitches. Yeah. Like you just talk. Like that's the thing. Like it, it truly is a pastime. Yeah. You know, like it, it's 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 a, it is a it's a leisurely game that requires blinding speed, but it's absolutely a pastime. That is very very cool. I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited about our future. Yeah. We should take a break. We should take the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> you know, CJ, I love that we have such a litany of episodes to share with our listeners. Litany, that's a great word, Andrew. I'm glad that you said that word because it makes me think of the litany of social media options that exist in the world today. Oh, look at you riffing off of me. That's fantastic. Uh, I feel like we have a wholly underutilized Instagram and Twitter that we should be engaging with our listeners on. I would like to Instagram and Twitter with our listeners. So this is going to be the at iconorycon on Twitter, at iconorycon on Instagram and coming soon, Icon or Ycon, the YouTube channel. So please, folks, comment, subscribe, let us know what we're doing well. It can't be that much to write. Let us know what we're doing poorly, and it'll make you feel like you can practice your grammar. Oh, I love that. I love that. And punctuation. Absolutely, because there's going to be a lot of sentences when it comes to giving us notes. But seriously, folks, we want to hear from you. Don't be shy. Get involved. Engage. And we'll keep bringing you the best of the film universes that there are. I love that. Back to the show. And we're back. We are. Very we exciting are. stuff. Very exciting stuff. I'm feeling no this. Question. I'm, 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 I'm in the mood. I want, I want a, a, a hot dog and a cold beer. Oh, yes. And if we go to City Field, you get Shake Shack. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. I have a hot Fucking take. Shake Shack. I have a hot take about Shake Shack. Oh, okay. Is now the time? Could be. It could be. Why not? I mean, like... Yeah. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Overrated. For Icon or Wycon, <laughs> I am CJ LaRoche. This was our final episode. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming, because my partner is an absolute fucking moron. <laughs> What's the matter with you? And I think you just ruined one of my lyrics. Jesus. Uh, I no, I didn't. I didn't. Actually, we might have. I, I, I you might have. I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't. You might have. I'm pretty sure you're okay. Here we go. <laughs> CJ, I think. I think now that I'm in the diamonds mood. Ooh. Is that a thing? Yeah. A diamonds mood? The diamond? Yeah. You, well, no, but you I'm, play on a diamond. I'm trying. I'm. I'm, diamond. I'm trying to participate here, man. You're doing great. Yeah, thank so you. Uh, I think we need to go into some ephemeral questions. Are you telling me that? It's 
Time for some questions of the ephemeral variety. We'll say what worked and what didn't work. This week, I almost didn't treat you like a jerk. Well, we'll go to a desert island, then give out special awards. Well, in baseball, you run, pitch, and hit, and a run's a score. Wait, wait, wait. CJ, you you are obviously very excited about this baseball trilogy. Like this is that's a level of commitment for the ephemeral questions theme song that I've not. Well, we've been building up to that for a few weeks now. Actually, your ephemeral questions songs have gotten really good. Yeah, don't forget I underscored. Yeah, you yeah, you've been into the ephemeral questions last week. Yeah, you've been really uh, going for it. I wrote that on it. the break. I wrote that on the break. I told you, you ruined one of my lyrics. I had to adjust on the fly there uh-huh. because the original lyric was uh, "This week I didn't treat you like a jerk." Uh-huh. And I had to change it to, I almost, after the Shake Shack incident. Oh, I know. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I, I, I just, I, I was honestly doing Shake Shack for the bit of it. Shake Shack is delicious. Shake Shack's great. Shake Shack's, it's delicious. It's very, very delicious. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Remind me off air to tell you about the last time I had Shake Shack in City Field. <laughs> it, did, it didn't end well. Oh my God. It didn't end well. All right. All right. But, the, but that's, that's for off the feed. Yeah, that's right. Hashtag off the feed. What Hashtag. worked about this movie for you, CJ? Oh you my ha- god! You have to pick something. I have to pick one thing. You, you have to pick something. I know you're going to be like everything, but like you have so to pick many something. things. Okay, 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 okay. Um, you know what really worked for me was Charlie Sheen's pitching. Really? Did you know Charlie Sheen uh, was a pretty good pitcher? Didn't know that. So every everything you see there is pretty legit. Um, but what really worked for me is in order for it to be really good and like really believable, he took steroids. Oh no. Yeah. He took steroids. He got his fastball up to about 85 miles an hour. Uh, so like a really great major league fastball is going to be like 93 to 99. Uh, Uh, but he got it up to, he got it up to 85, man. He was juiced up. Oh Uh, no. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's method acting, man. And that's as, that's as good as it gets. Like he didn't mind that maybe his testicles would get a little shrivelly. He he wanted to make sure that Rick Vaughn was a okay believable. Uh, well, his arms were one thing. Oh my God. He looked like, I mean, they all looked like ballplayers. Yeah. They looked amazing. You know? Yeah. They looked really, really good. Uh, so yeah, like I said, if that was, if that's the one thing I have to pick, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Charlie Sheen, uh, workout, workout routine. Okay. All right. I like that. Yeah. Tell me what worked for you, man. Well, you know, it's funny. I have a lot to say, but I think at the end of the day, the architecture of the movie worked the best for me because it is such a specific type of movie. It is such a specific style of movie. It is a, it is a late eighties, sexy sports movie with a romantic element. And that that's a type of movie, right? Yeah. You know, we, we had a couple of those. And they all do Absolutely. kind of the same things, but this one hits it really, really beautifully, really the hardest. There are even yeah. some there are even some touches of the the dynamic between the McLeans in Die Hard Two. Do you know what I mean? It, it oh, had wow. it yeah. had that kind of eighties glow to it. Oh, totally. You know, and I, I really loved yeah. it. And that's the thing that I thought. I was like, it's so good, and at the same time, it's such a product of a bygone era. Now, the bones of it really, really work, and I do think there is a version of this movie that could exist today. You know, it'd yeah. be it'd be darker, be more serious, but like the bones of this storyline and the way it's 
put together really do work. We need to flesh out Lynn a little bit more. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, but definitely. It's just a couple of, like another subplot. We need one more subplot, and we need. Yeah, we just need we just need more. We just need a little bit more development. Even though I mean the characters, you know, the caricatures are remarkably developed. Yeah, yeah, but like I don't know who on that the team woman. Side. I, yeah, I don't know who that woman is. You know, and that no. and that upsets no. me because like I, I was just like, oh, she's just gonna sleep with him, and we're gonna be on yeah. board with it because he's the hero of the movie. Like this is right. Yeah. Yeah, she she checks in, you know, before he gets her naked to see that he has read Moby Dick. Yeah. You know. But he just read, he read the comic, comic book. book yeah. He read the comic book version. He read the cliff notes. Yeah, it's no, they really don't do a good job of uh making him a really likable man. No, I mean it's only because he's Jake Taylor. Right? Yeah. We like, love Jake Taylor, yeah. All the yeah, all the kids watching are like, Ooh, he's Jake Taylor and he's you know, he's obviously been a famous baseball player in this universe and you know so he's a legend yeah so we we forgive him even though like wow yeah kind of despicable terrible <laughs> terrible but uh yeah he's he's just so handsome and charming though man tom berenger yeah so handsome so charming such a good actor so great all right so great. what didn't work for you i mean i went over all the baseball stuff um but i think the the, the main thing that didn't work for me was hell hath no fury like a woman dorned <laughs> Um, I can't with you. I didn't. I didn't like that. I've never liked that. I've never liked that. That a that he cheats on her on national television. It comes out right? of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. Like he has. Like he's a dick and he's a douche and he's mean to the rookies. But nothing in his character up until this point has lent itself to him doing that to her. Yeah. You know they've they've built this beautiful life together. Um, you know, he does say that we, we can't decide whether we're going to go Oriental or Santa Fe, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, that's just casual racism there. Um, but yeah, I don't like it. I don't like that it's her. And then I don't like that she turns around and tries to break up the team. Yeah, it's weird. Because that, that doesn't seem to be in her character either. Um, so it's a real break and it's lazy writing. You know, there was there was some other there were definitely especially with the sport of baseball and the Yankees and Rachel Phelps. I mean, that you could have gone any number of ways, um, but to do it with that and a character that we've met for two minutes. Yeah, to give her that you know, much really control of the situation. Yeah, it, it cheapens her. It, it's just it's very it's it's not it's not cute. It doesn't come off well. Um, so that is the, that's actually like the one thing in this movie that really that really doesn't work for me well and you know what's fascinating there's um the late 80s and up clear through the mid 90s there's this thing where sexuality kind of gets played with like tit for tat rules to get your audience involved you know and yep. and they get us on yep. board with these things so like basically we're on board with her randomly with no motivation seducing and sleeping with vaughn to get back at her husband and throw him before the game because he randomly and without explanation and out of character cheated on her at a victory party. Like, yeah. and it was caught on camera. Like th this yeah. plot thread comes out of nowhere. And then you see things like in, um, Barbara Streisand's the Prince of Tides, how she, Oh my God. I love, I love the Prince of Tides. I actually love that movie. I love that movie, so I love the movie. But one of the parts of that movie that always bothered me was, she announces to the dinner table that she knows that her husband is having an affair 
Right. And she leaves right. with Nick Nolte, and then they sleep together. And I was like, okay, so I, you're very much showing me that he's having it first, so now she's allowed to. Yeah. And that's but that right. and but that's such a facet in this late eighties, mid nineties filmmaking. This is a thing that you see pop up in the writing and it never made sense. Totally. It makes less sense now. And the thing about it, at least in Prince of Tides, you knew those characters. Like you don't know this woman. It's so sad. This woman exists no, to do you this. Don't know her. That's what that's all that's the whole reason she's there. Yeah. Yeah. God forbid we and use that real estate to flesh out it. Lynn. I keep coming She's back. She's got read on her license plate, Andrew. Yeah, She's got read on her license plate and she talks about Moby Dick. What yeah. I mean, what else do you need to know? Yeah. I love books. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> so going along with what you were saying, the thing that, that – what didn't work for me about this movie is that at, at the end of the day, it is racially offensive and hella misogynistic. There's a lot of things in it. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, 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 there's yeah, of, yeah. There's a lot of things in it, you know, and it's it's more of a, I'm 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 taking your your space here, but it's it's more of an indictment um, on the country, right, and on and on Hollywood and on the society at Absolutely. large at the time, you know, than it is of the movie. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's it's because honestly, the the fact that Serrano's religious freedom is played as a joke. Yep. This whole thing with Jobu and like the fact that they make Jobu so silly looking, like they may, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Would, you, would it be different? Would it be different? And I'm just asking, I don't know the answer to this. Would it be different if he didn't, uh, if he wasn't escaping religious persecution, if he was just like from New Orleans? Maybe, but it's, it's maybe it maybe it's but just it still it still stinks. Well, it's bad. And also his, his, his religious practice is such a hodgepodge of things that we might find funny, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's just, it's such a mess. So they put no care into actually creating something. And the thing that they created that I think softens it is they created a horrible Christian character as a foil. Right. And who gets the brunt of it? I mean, yeah. that, when he gets hit with that bat, <laughs> it's man, funny. Bart it's... Sander, Joe Boo needs a refill. And he, then he gets hit with the Boom. bat. Oh, it's classic. Yeah. Classic. He told you. He told you. Don't take Joe Boo's rum. It's very bad. It's, it's very, very bad. bad yeah. Still Joe Boo's rum. Um, but we're sidetracked. We are sidetracked. Uh, it's maybe fine. That's, uh, maybe that's yeah, okay. It's, yeah. It's just. Their plan. It's it's a little bit racist and a little bit. It's not a little bit. It's pretty blatant. It's not a little bit racist. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah it's, no, it's like we said in the beginning, man. There's a lot in this movie that you could look at and be like, Rrr. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But again, back to – that also ties into my what worked is that it's such a specific style of movie from a very specific time. And you just oh, right. have to contextualize the art that you're seeing with the time right. that it was produced. It just You can't separate that, the two. With that American Express commercial, man, it dates itself. I mean oh, I, rem- I, I remember those commercials. Yes. I remember them. Like that was legit. See – Still home without it. It's, seeing Corbin Birdson play a bad actor in a commercial was genius. That was some of his best oh work. His line reading People was still horrible. Don't recognize us, but yeah, <laughs> fantastic. He's so okay. funny. All right, does this movie make your desert on top five? Gosh, I think it has to. Yeah, I think it has to, man. I I, I love this movie so much. I've seen this thing 500 times. 
maybe not 500, but I mean, I've, I've watched this movie a lot. I, I probably watched this movie at the beginning of every spring training season, mm. you know? So like every March I pull it out, uh, whenever it's on, I'm, you know, banished to the couch. I'll, I'll watch it. Uh, I gotta say as I think it might, it might be my favorite baseball movie. Oh, wow. Field of Dreams is like, is like right there. Field of Dreams is so good. Um, but as far as like Bull Durham versus Major League in the in the in the round robin, I think Major League takes the cake. Uh, so yeah, I think for me, as a as a baseball guy, as a sports fan, um, you know, I was I was eleven or twelve huh. the first time I saw this thing. So it's got a very special place in my heart. It's like a Man of Steel for me. I feel that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Desert Island, man, Desert Island status. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, I'm I'm dying to know, Andrew. Does it make your desert island top five? CJ. Yes. Wow. CJ. Goes <laughs> wild. It 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 is charming as shit and demands nothing <laughs> of me. Demands nothing of me but my entertainment. I was so right. pleasantly surprised. And what was funny was I just kept telling. Bart, while we were watching, I was just like, I fucking didn't realize how much of this movie I have memorized. Like, I didn't yeah. realize how quotable this movie is. Like, there, so are, there are problems. I'm, I am no longer 10 years old in my mother's living room with my older brothers. Like, there are problems. It is 2021. I'm 38 years old. I understand all of this. And I don't think that has to detract from the fact that this movie is fucking fun to watch. It's really funny. It's really and fun. It moves, man. It moves. The pace of this movie is relentless. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just going for it. It never stops. It never stops. It starts mm. and then it's over. Multiple it's athletic amazing. montages. Yeah, training montages. The yeah. music doesn't change. Whatever's happening in the movie, you know because the music is telling you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, you know, I, there's a freaking righteous brother singing that song, man. Like, come on. <laughs> it's so good. It's what so good. What do you want? All right, I have a bonus question for you. Okay, I better not screw this up. <laughs> uh, you're making this movie in 2021. Uh-huh, I am. What's your fantasy baseball cast? Wait, wait. When you say fantasy baseball, you know that that's a thing. I do. That is like, okay, so are you are you asking me what actors I would put in here? Yes, that is the question. Your fantasy... But do I want them to be real baseball players? No. No. I want actors. Yes. Copy. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Leading off. Mm-hmm. Playing Willie Mays Hayes. Mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman. Ah. Uh, okay. He, he played Jackie Robinson and he played it perfectly. I would love to see him in the comic, in the comic role. Uh-huh. Okay. Batting second, the star of the movie, Jake Taylor. Uh huh. Matt Damon. Okay. All right. But Matt Damon now. Matt Damon now. Got it. Matt Damon now. He's going to have to put on some pounds. Yeah. He's, he's going to have to lose the Boston thing. Mm-hmm. But he's, he, I, think, I think he could do it. Okay. I think he could do it. Batting third, playing Roger Dorn. 
Wow, 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 wow. Ben Affleck. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yep. Yep. Batting fourth, playing Pedro Serrano, mm-hmm. Dennis Haysbert. <laughs> just bring him back. Just bring him back. Just bring him back. Just bring him back. Yeah, just bring him back. Uh, you know who I want to play Rachel Phelps? Who? Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. I want to see evil. I want to see, yeah, I want to see Gwyneth Paltrow as uh, as Rachel Phelps. And you know what I want since this is my fantasy? I want Jeremy Piven's character back. Okay. Jeremy Piven was was in this movie. And he got cut. And he got cut. Just deleted. Oh, I hate that they do just that deleted. in movies. Yeah, just deleted. Yeah. So who do I got? I got Bozeman, Damon, Affleck, and, and Dennis Haysbert. And now I need a Rick Vaughn. Wow. Who is it? Who is the Charlie Sheen of this day? Who is the young, hot? Okay. You know who I'm going to give it to? Who? The kid from High School Musical. Okay. Zac Efron? I his name. Zac Zac Efron. (laughs) Zac Efron. All right. I can see that. And I want want Russell Crowe to do Lou Brown. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Do I have to cast anyone else? I think I've cast. I've, I, th- I think you cast enough. the whole movie. You did the whole movie. I yeah. pretty much cast. Oh, I didn't cast Lynn. Oh, you didn't cast Lynn. No. Okay. You know who I'm casting as Lynn? Because I think she'd be amazing. Gillian Jacobs. Oh, wow. Gillian Jacobs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Her and Matt Damon. It'd be cute. Matt Damon might be a little too, might be a little too old or she might be a little too young. doesn't matter. It's my, it's my fantasy cast. Yeah. For ESPN.com. Yeah. I think I feel good. I feel good about it. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, you know what it is? It's like the heights are all wrong. (laughs) <laughs> like everybody's height is so wrong, except for Dennis Haysbert. But we're gonna make we're we're making it new, right? We're like we're making it's a remake, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I I you know what I I get I get behind all of that. Okay, you ready for one? I am because so I'm actually I'm actually this. really proud of this casting. I'm so excited. All right, Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Oh my god, look at us in like dueling. I know, I know. Fucking Wakandans. I, I know, love but it. they would be fantastic. They would both be fantastic and hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely the casting comes down to the two of them. Yeah, absolutely. Right. They're the comedy. Yeah. Uh, Jake Taylor, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac is perfect. He would That's be a fan- perfect choice. He would be fantastic. Yes, Dorn, he, would. he certainly would. Dorn, Joe uh-huh. Manganiello. Okay, great, funny. Uh, so for Serrano, I'm like mm-hmm. struggling with this one. Okay, yeah, talk to me. Yeah, well, because I really want. I think Serrano should be like your ball player casting. 
Do you know oh, what so I mean? you want to go with a real a real baseball player? Yeah, I think I should go. With, but oh. but but I would love it to be somebody of Latin descent at the very least. Like, could we get Sammy Sosa for this? Is that a good fit? Sammy Sosa? Yeah. Okay, Sammy Sosa, not Cuban. Not Cuban. No. No, not Cuban, but certainly Latin. He's Domin- he's Dominican. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Sosa. Yeah, sure. It, yeah. The height isn't there. The height, the height there. is not there. No. Um, if I was, all right, you know, my, my baseball references are, are kind of fucked because I don't really know. Yeah. So, like, is there a better you fit? Know what would be, there is. Oh. There is. Um, you have one of two choices: Carlos Delgado, okay, who's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have Yoenis Cespedes, mm-hmm. who is actually Cuban. There and we go. And once once injured his knee because he was like uh, wrestling with a boar on his ranch. Okay. Okay. So the, you've got the eccentric, t- yeah, Yenis, Yenis says the history there. Great. All right, so th- that way we could, yeah. and then we could bring some authenticity to the moment. Exactly. Yeah, definitely, Yenis Despotis. All right, great, great. All right, great. Uh, for yeah. Phelps, you ready for this? I am. Phelps, I have Angela Bassett. <laughs> Come, wow. on. Come on! Come wow, on! Wow, 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 yeah, yeah. that would be great. She would kill. Oh, yeah. She would be so mean. Oh yeah. No. And command all of. All of the the groveling. She owns every room she walks in. Absolutely, that woman is yeah, a Charlie goddess. Would, Charlie would not be would, would be no match for her. No, no, no. She's she'd be a, a worthy average. You know what I mean? She'd be threatening. Like Angela Bassett oh, is ferocious, and I love it. Oh, absolutely. So she'd yeah, be fantastic. Be uh, Lynn and Hathaway. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think mine's better. I think Gillian yeah. is better there. Yeah. Um, but I, I could deal with Anne Hathaway. It's kind of like in like any movie she's in. It's like, okay, I can deal with Anne Hathaway. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, for Vaughn, Vaughn is a tough one. It's a tough one, man. I mean, yeah. that's, that's iconic. That's an iconic portrayal. Vaughn's a tough California one. California penal. Yeah. I, I'm. He might be a little too young. And he might be a little too soft, but like, is it a Tom Holland vehicle? No, no. I mean, if I, but, but, but if you're going to give me Zac Efron, I think that I have to give you Tom Holland. Okay. And you know that he'd act it. Yeah. Superbly. I mean, the guy is, 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 is a fucking national treasure and he's not ours, but he's amazing. I think he'd slay. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you Tom Holland. And I think. He'd have to, he'd have to get a little heavier. Yeah. yeah. You can get there, though. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, and you ready for this? Because I think this would just sell the tickets. Here we go. Lou, Tom Berenger. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, my God. He would he would die. He would absolutely die doing that. He'd love that. It'd be great. This so, is great. Yeah. It's great. Major League Reboot. Yeah. At the, both or very, Major League thirty years later. Thirty years, yeah, very solid cast. I think I think we'd yeah. be good with with these with these people. Let's do it. You've talked about the most egregious errors. I have. What's the thing that could never happen in real life? Well, I think that if anyone ever showed up to a Major League camp, they would not get past the door. They wouldn't carry his bed out. They would carry him out. Yeah, you know, that's like, not happening. Yeah, like wh- that's no way is that ever happening. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's the biggest one where you look at. And then when I mean, but it's great. I mean, it's great drama when he's sh- running in his pajamas. <laughs> so um, pajamas. Um, and on that note, I don't think I've ever seen a forty-yard dash at a spring training baseball camp. <laughs> you know, why do they so, do that? So that he could run. So that he could run. So they could see him run. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. The, apparently that's the first thing you do at spring training. It's not. Let's see you run. What? <laughs> that can't be the yeah, first this, thing. This is baseball. These guys don't run. And they were being really noisy. He didn't wake up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he didn't wake up when they carried him out. It's ridiculous. It's 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 one of the more ridiculous things in, in, in the movie. What's your special award, CJ? Okay. So my special award is obviously going to be baseball themed. Um, so it is the... Mariano Rivera Award. Mm-hmm. Who is Mariano Rivera? Who is Mariano Rivera? So Mariano Rivera is possibly the greatest closer of all time. The guy who pitches last. Uh-huh. Um, the role that Rick Vaughn plays in the in the last game, even though he's a starter. Mm-hmm. Mariano Rivera came out of the bullpen, and it was it was game over, man. It was lights out. Mariano Rivera found one pitch. He was a one pitch pitcher, really. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it was coming, and they still couldn't hit it. Not when I watch Major League, I know what's coming. Yeah, it's pretty obvious okay? how it's going to play out. I know, and and I've seen it so many times that yeah, I know even more. I know that at the end of the movie, she's going to hold up her hand, and there's not going to be a ring on it. And when I watched this thing yesterday for the six hundred and seventy second time, <laughs> tears. Okay, I knew it was coming, and I still couldn't hit it. So the Mariano Rivera Award to Major League. Well done. Yeah, thank you. What do you got? For Major League, I give the special award to Rene Russo. And this is the Five Scenes for the Steel Award. <laughs> because I've seen this movie multiple times. I have now spent 28 years of my life believing Rene Russo was a main character in this movie. I watched this movie again last night. Rene Russo is in five scenes. She's in five scenes. And she leaves an indelible mark. Do you know what I mean? Like with, with zero material to work with, she doesn't have the dialogue. She's, she's giving you a lot of looks. (laughs) Like they don't give her the words. No. To establish the presence that she has at the end of the movie. No. And And she, God damn it. I have a better body than she ever did. I mean, she just nails every, everything she says is is so truth and so it's got the weight of that broken relationship. It's it's she's masterful. She really made a lot out of the nothing they gave her. Yeah. And and also she we learn nothing from about her from her. We learn everything. It's all about the men that are in her orbit. It's such a weird not role. Yeah. And she Absolutely. somehow you just she's remember good. that she was fantastic in this movie. Just brilliant. She's that. That's that's a true testament to her and her work because, like, man, they they didn't give her the words. I had a whole rant about it with Bart too. I was like, man, but you got to give an actor the words. I give her the words, and, and she's still very much in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh so, yeah, totally. She's listed above Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> well done, Rene Russo. It's crazy. Like, and Willie Mays Hayes does a ton of heavy lifting in this movie. He actually wins the game. Wins the game. Yeah. Yeah. Scores the scores the winning run, and suggests the stalking, which moves the plot forward. That's weird. Is this movie an icon or a Y-Con, CJ? 
Well, anybody that's listening to this that knows me and knows the movie and knows baseball is like, why the hell hasn't he said the words Harry Doyle yet? The great Bob Euchre, who is an actor and is also uh, the play-by-play man for the Milwaukee Brewers in real life, mm-hmm. uh, he's iconic. He said four words in this movie that are said at least, I guarantee you they're said at least once a day on highlight shows just a bit outside (laughs) that in and of itself is iconic so is that Uh, from this movie oh absolutely oh wow yeah uh when the bullpen door opens and the wild thing is playing Mm -hmm. that became a thing that happens in major league baseball because of this movie so that i thought this, it was in this movie because they do that at baseball games. No. No. I mean they do it. They open the bullpen and the guy walks in and there's music playing. But Trevor Hoffman with Hell's Bells, uh, Mariano Rivera with Enter Sandman. I mean it became a thing for the closer to enter with great intimidating music playing. Um, That's fascinating. Yeah, I, didn't, this, I didn't know that. This, this movie set like the standard. And, and Andrew, the Cleveland Indians became a dominant force in Major League Baseball in the 90s after this movie came out. So they were shit. I mean, shit for decades. That's why the movie was written. And then this movie came out and all of a sudden they're good. I mean, this thing, this is, this movie is the very definition of an icon. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um... Andrew, icon or Wycon? You know the answer. Don't it's get a, this wrong. It's an icon. Oh yeah. It's an icon. It's it's icon. It's, 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 it's got problems, but like even me who does not gravitate towards sports films, who doesn't really know the rules of sports very well, who is who used to fake sick to get out of gym so nobody could see how not athletic he was. You know, I, I, it, I hate that. <sighs> I hate that. I still I will carry to my grave the guilt that I skipped gym because I knew I couldn't throw a cross pass and I could not bear to be that embarrassed. I'm not even, I'm not even sure what a cross pass is, Andrew, to be honest with you. (laughs) It's something coach Lane taught me when the unit was football. Okay. Cross pass, maybe a crossing. Listen, I don't even, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. That's how bad I am. I'm not, I'm not, I'm neither trained nor qualified to to go into this subject with you right now. (laughs) These are cuts that I can't heal. Yeah, no, it's bad though. (laughs) But, but this movie is iconic. And and like I said, I watched it and I was like, am I going to have to fucking get into baseball? Like, because like, I'm like into this and I know we've got a couple baseball movies ahead of us. I was just like, I'm about to, I'm about to fucking get into this. Like, yeah. Cut to Andrew calling 718-507-TIXX and getting a half-season plan for the Mets. I mean, it's coming. (laughs) Perhaps. Perhaps. Never say never. CJ, I'm so glad we did this. I love love this joie de vivre you have for this movie and for the game in general. And it's, it's absolutely infectious. And I'm so looking forward to continuing this baseball journey with you. That's right. That's right. Major League Two is coming up. Yep. And then, and then Major League Three back to the minors, which is somewhat apocryphal, but uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. I've, I, I only save saw it that for the clean feed. Yeah, save it for the feed. I saw that once. I saw Major League Three once. I've definitely seen yeah. Major League One and Two multiple times in my life. 
Multiple. Yeah. <laughs> Is that French? Maybe. We'll see. Perhaps. Maybe. All right. Well, that wraps it up for Icon or Wicon. I'm Andrew David Sotomayor. I'm CJ LaRoche, and like one of Pedro Serrano's trademark bombs, we are out of here, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Next time.